Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Froek. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigalski. And today, we have the one and only Charlie Johnson. She hosts the Sales Development Soundbites. I don't even think it's a podcast, but she posts all these badass video clips online. And then also, she's an SDR at Sales Loft. Nick, why should people listen? Well, if you've been sending emails that say, Armand, I noticed that, or you've been filming videos that start with, thank you so much for watching my video. I really appreciate you opening my video. You probably need to listen to this one because you shouldn't be doing that stuff. Three, two, one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. All right, Charlie, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. 
Yeah, so firstly, creating a hypothesis from your research. So things like looking at the function section on LinkedIn or the hiring page to help us inform what their business goals and challenges are. Beautiful. What's number two? Execution, my favorite topic, video. So how can we do things in our videos to stand out in our buyer's inbox? So things like sharing our screen on our prospects, LinkedIn page, their careers page or news articles and things like that. Very nice. Round us out. What's number three, Charlie? Removing typical wording. So 99% of salespeople in their outreach will say things like, I noticed this or I saw this. So how can we move away from this to start differentiating ourselves from the other salespeople? All right, let's talk about that one. So instead of saying, I noticed this or just wanted to or checking in or circling back, what in the world can I say instead of all of those pleasantries or preambles? Get to the point. If you think about the amount of attention that you need to be getting from your buyers, whether it's an email or a call, you only have the beginning bit to grab their attention. So how can I grab their attention and be a pattern interrupt? And in my opinion, to do that, we should just be going straight into the juicy stuff. So look, Amanda, I was scrolling on your careers page and I found some of the information on the job spec for the SDR role you're hiring for, really interesting. I just wanted to call you up to talk about this. Oh, it's Charlotte from Salesloft, by the way. Instead of, hi, Armand, it's Charlotte from Salesloft. Do you have 30 seconds for me to tell you why I've been so keen to speak to you today? Can you see the difference? <laughs> so you're leading with all of that context upfront, which is the same way that I like to open my calls. How do people tend to react when you lead with that context instead of the 30 seconds or the how's your day going or did I catch you at a bad time? I think if you think about it, the only time you introduce yourself is on a sales call. So I don't call my mum and say, hi, mum, it's Charlotte, your daughter. Or I don't call the doctors and say, hi, it's Charlotte. I'll say what I'm wanting to do initially. So look, I'm looking to book an appointment. Or if I'm calling a delivery service, look, I'm, I'm wanting to do this with the package that I've ordered, Right. So the only situation where we introduce ourselves is sales calls. And everyone knows that everyone hates sales calls, right? So why don't we just remove this so we sound less salesy? And to answer your question, like what the responses I get, people just seem more open to chat to me because I'm not sounding like a typical salesperson. I don't sound like I want to sell them something. So can you talk a little bit about that like cold call opener, I guess is what you would call it there. If I'm someone listening to this, how do I build that? that opener where I'm ending with my contact information? Like what, what elements go into it? You need to do your research. So start with the bit of research that can link to your challenges, not, oh, we're this or we're that, make it all about them. So whether that be their careers page, whether that be on the function section on their LinkedIn page and be like, look, you have a really sales account, executive heavy sales structure. And I had a few questions around this. If you have a minute, it's Charlotte from Salesloft, by the way. Because then I can link to the challenges I think they might be facing because of this. And it makes me more credible as well because I can create a hypothesis around it. So can we dig in a little bit more there? For everyone in the audience, Salesloft is a competitor to outreach. And essentially what you do is you allow reps to send cadences, uh, emails every one day, two days, three days, and then mix in calls, right? They allow sales reps to basically do marketing automation. Right. And so knowing what you know about sales loft, let's say you find out that someone has an account executive heavy structure. What might you do after that introduction 
as you start to weave your hypothesis into your cold call? Yeah, so I'll say typically when companies have account executive heavy structures and their full cycle, they'll have frustrations around A, they don't prospect because they want to focus on their deals. They prospect when they're low in pipeline, which is usually too late, and they don't prospect when they have a good pipeline. The second frustration is we all know AEs and salespeople suck at updating Salesforce. So it makes forecasting or getting visibility into what our deals look like really tough. And I'm wondering if any of these sound remotely familiar in your world. And it doesn't actually matter the challenges I usually say or the hypothesis I create. I've actually gained credibility from me being like, look, I've been researching you. I found out this. This tells me that big focus for yours might be this. And this is the two challenges that I typically hear. So from that credibility, people will sometimes they'll be like, yeah, you're bang on, which doesn't always happen. But the situation we get a lot is okay, kind of the first one, but the, the frustration we're hearing more is um, around this area here and they might say something different. But because I've shared an experience and I've shared stories that other salespeople are telling me, I sound credible and I am credible. So they're going to share what their actual challenge is instead of me being like doing the typical sales scripty stuff like we're the number one provider of this. So my guess is you get the standard objections, but very rarely is somebody not using any sales automation tool. You're probably calling on customers who all the time have something in place. So when you get hit with that competitor up front, how do you handle that? Great that they have something in place. And I think this is where people kind of fall back with objections is they're like, oh, but we're better than them because we have this feature, which is better. And I just don't really believe in that because I think sales loft or outreach are both incredible tools. I'd rather understand, okay, that's really interesting. What actually made you bring it on in the first place? Ask more questions about it. Oh, you wanted to increase your pipeline. How much have you increased your pipeline since you brought them on? Oh, you haven't. Okay, so tell me more about how you're planning on increasing that pipeline. Or they might absolutely love it. Tell me what you love about it. Okay, if you could have one extra thing, what would it be? Just really understanding like what they actually like and is there anything that they dislike? And if they don't dislike anything, It's fine. My goal in a call isn't to book a meeting. It's just to kind of understand and have a conversation. I think that's where a lot of salespeople go wrong is they're like, I need to book the meeting. They get a little stressed and they're like, I must book this meeting. But at the end of the day, like if I don't book a meeting after calling someone because they're really happy because they're with a competitor, great. doesn't matter to me. Sometimes I struggle on cold calls where I do what you said, where I say a pretty specific problem. And I ask him, does that sound even remotely familiar? And they're still in there. I'm getting cold called. I'm hesitant to engage phase. And so they give me, you know, the one word answer, like, eh, sort of. Do you have any other approaches for like getting them to come out of their shell and like drawing them out so you can have a conversation? I think going back, like when I do research on someone, I probably spend a good 10 minutes researching each person. So I don't just come equipped with that one piece of information on their careers page. I also have other things and be like, okay, um, that's interesting. Look, the reason why I'm asking is in my research, I found this, this, and this, and this, which in my opinion could lead to these different avenues. I'm just trying to figure out, look, if there's a fit, then great. But if not, then I can, I can leave you alone um, and stop hounding you via email calls and LinkedIn. So keen to hear if any of these sound familiar with you. So let's talk about taking the jargon terms, the 
niceties, all of the BS out of emails. So you're leading in that first email. You've done this research. Maybe you've figured out they're hiring AEs. Maybe they're AE heavy. Do you just start with, hey, you're hiring AEs. Sales Loft can help you with pipeline. My guess is you're a little bit more slick than that, right? Yeah. So I'll say things like scrolling on your careers page right now. You're hiring a ton of account executives and I might even screenshot it or I might do this in a video. And if I'm doing a video, I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to scroll on it while I'm saying I'm scrolling on your, on your LinkedIn page or on your careers page. The, this is telling me if you're hiring a lot of account executives, this is telling me that there's a big focus right now on closing larger deals. The frustrations with this is A and B. We help. And one thing I want to make a note of is that I never tell people what sales loft do in my email, in my calls, in my videos. I don't tell people what sales loft does. I just say my research. I link it to the challenges and I say, look, we help. And if this is a frustration, then let's chat. We might not be able to solve your challenge, but let's just chat anyway. I'm an SDR. I use a lot of tools. And if it's not us that can help you, I can refer you to the right person that's helping me. I love that screenshot example. In the actual email, how are you attaching the screenshot? Is it like an attachment to the email? Are you embedding it in like the text? Does it come before your message? Is it all the way at the bottom? How does that work mechanically? Yeah, so on SalesLoft, you can just literally add an image and you can change the size of it and things like this. And I like using pictures in my emails. Yeah, you have the debate over, oh, if you have pictures and you have links, is it going to bounce and stuff like that? But I, I kind of do it anyway because I'm like, look, if I'm sending this person loads of emails with images in and it's not receiving to them, then I'll take them out. But I like doing it because I think it's different, firstly. And I think it's more engaging. Like I found this interesting. I'm going to show you what I found interesting visually. See, I put it in there. Are you taking out the greeting entirely where you're not saying like, hi, Nick, or hi, Charlie? Are you literally just starting with scrolling on your LinkedIn? My videos, yeah. Sometimes I have been trying recently where I don't actually put someone's name at the beginning. I'll be like scrolling on your LinkedIn right now, Nick. And then I'll go to the next bit. Sometimes I say hi when I feel like it. But a lot of the times I'll just say their first name, a dash, a dash and be like, really interesting reading this quote. And then I'll quote it or something. I don't think we need to be putting in, hey, hope you're well at that time, at this time. Or, hey, I wanted to tell you why I'm reaching out to you and I'm from Sales Loft. Um, I just want to get straight into the juicy bit, especially with, well, actually, especially with every single person, your buyers' inboxes, their calls, their LinkedIn messages, they're literally so hectic and they probably can't be bothered to hear all these repetitive emails and calls on LinkedIn. So why should we be repetitive salespeople um, when we can stand out and remove them and create more of a fun experience for them? What most people don't realize is when your friends hit you up, I'm sure some people have your sales loft email or someone you've met in the past. If I were to send you a note, I wouldn't begin it with, hi, Charlie, as if you and I haven't met before. I would literally say like, looks like you're crushing it and put the link to whatever the news was right below. And that's what's going to pop up in the preview text. People don't realize is that preview text, those first 14 words of your email pop up in Gmail as the preview. And if all of the other emails say, hi, Charlie, and yours just starts with the point, that's far more likely to get opened. And I also want to dig into your video framework here as well, because I know you have some interesting tactics around breaking up the noise there. How do you approach your general video prospecting? So firstly, 
do good research. Don't just do like persona based challenges. I just, I personally don't count that as personalization. Hire a marketer. That means that uh, this must be your challenge. I think it's, it's good that we've finally got to this stage where we're not saying we do this, but I don't think that persona personalization is enough. So find a nugget of information that you think that no one's really going to go on. And for me, I'll do things like, I'll try and look from their perspective of what their challenges actually are. So looking at things like who their buyers are, who do they target? I'll go on their case studies and understand who their biggest customers are, what they sell. And from a point of view from sales loft, if they're selling to people like IT, they're really hard to get hard off. If they're selling to enterprise people, they're 65% less likely to reply. So I'm getting into the mindset of them. And then I'm going to use that as my ammo in my video. So research first, and then the structure of my video, I will firstly share my screen. Um, I used to do this thing where I had a whiteboard and I said, hey, their name, and then I would talk at them for 40 seconds. And then I started seeing other people doing it. And I was like, why does someone want to look at my face for 30 seconds? It's not that engaging. Um, And I thought the whiteboard thing got a bit gimmicky in in my opinion. So I thought, why not share the research I'm doing? So I'll literally share my page on, and I use Vidyard and I'll share my screen on their LinkedIn page. And I will use a tool called Weaver, W-E-A-V-A, to highlight it before. So I highlight stuff in like yellow. So when I switch tabs, you can literally see the bits that I want to talk about. Look, looking on your LinkedIn, found this really interesting. You write about a responsibility here. Also in the SDR role that you're hiring for, you repeat this responsibility. From this, I'm guessing that X is a focus for you and the challenge around this is A and B. So my structure, what I'm, the research I'm doing, okay? Scrolling on your LinkedIn, this quote's interesting. This news article where you talk about this is interesting. From this, I'm guessing, and here I'm creating a hypothesis. Doesn't need to be right. Most of the time, it's not right. And you can also make it a bit fun for your buyer. From this, I'm guessing, and please poke holes if I'm completely wrong with my hypothesis here, but I'm guessing that there's a particular focus for you guys on increasing conversion rates. The typical challenges, number three, typical challenges, A and B. Two challenges. And then finally, we help with this. And if any of these are challenges that you're running into, let's chat. Armand, one of the things I've seen you do is you start on their LinkedIn page and you just click on the picture of them. So like when they open the video, it's literally just the picture of Nick's face there on the video. And how can you not watch that? And similarly, you're doing the same thing where it's like, here's your website. And I've literally annotated your website with this tool. Okay, clearly you've done your research because it's right there in front of, of that person. I guess one thing I'm curious about, because you clearly you're doing a lot of research, And you also have goals in terms of meetings you need to book. And it can be really easy to go down the rabbit hole of research where you've spent 47 minutes reading about Armand and his illustrious wrestling career and his corgi. And now you're like, oh, great. I've made no calls today. So how are you structuring your day as an SDR so that you get done what you need to get done? So I actually block out my calendar. I will click onto sales loft in the morning and it'll tell me how many calls I need to do, how many emails I need to do, how many LinkedIn steps. And I personally want to reach out to 10 new prospects a day. So I add 10 new people into my pipeline a day. So I will then go and I procrastinate a lot as a person, which is why I love highlighting my calendar. 
And I will go as far as highlighting tea breaks, a 15 minute, I'm going to have a cup of tea here and I'm going to chill with my puppy for 15 minutes. And I will put time blocks in it and be like, I'm not going to do like an hour. I'm going to work out how it takes me about five minutes per video. So I'm literally going to do five times, however many I need to do. And I'm going to block out that 50 minutes. And then the next time I'm going to block out time. And I think that really helps me stick to a routine of what I need to do for the day. And if I run over, let's say at 11 o'clock, I'm supposed to stop my videos and I'm running over, I stop them and I go on to the next thing. It's my own fault that I didn't get them done. So for me, over-researching, I have fallen into that rabbit hole, but I want to be reaching out to 10 people a day. So for me to do that, I can't be spending an hour on each person. I'll do 10 minutes on the company and I'll probably have about three or four people per company and I'll spend an additional one or two minutes on their LinkedIn page. So when you talk about 10 new prospects per per day, my guess is that's the number that gets you to your quota. And so how did you arrive at that being your golden number versus 50 prospects per day or 100 prospects per day or two prospects per day? So I did more at first. I think I was doing like 14 at first. And I found that the quality of my outreach was lower and I was getting less response rates. So I thought, hold on, if I spend an extra few minutes on their company and do things like understand their sales structure, understand who their buyers are and spend more time on that. I actually found that I got more response rates from doing that little extra few minutes of research. So me personally, I have quite a personalized approach. I don't spend ages on it. I spend, like I said, 10 minutes on an account and one or two minutes per person and maybe five minutes max on a video. So I don't spend a lot of time on it. And I think it depends on you and your company and um where where your company is because some people they might need to do more activity whereas i found that personalization personally works for me to that level so i only need to do 10 whereas some people find that oh actually me making more calls works better for them so i think it completely depends on you and the company how do you decide who you're going to call because this is something i really struggled with when i was a new salesperson was like you feasibly could be calling like SDRs and AEs at other companies. And I don't know if that like yields quality meetings for you, but they certainly answer the the phone, I guess. Like, how do you decide, all right, I'm going to make 20 calls today. Here are the people that I'm going to choose to call. I go pretty senior in my view. And at the moment, I'm not calling HQ numbers. Um, What I'll do in SalesLoft is I actually have a cadence which has direct dials. People that I think are going to, I'm not going to spend an hour cold calling if I'm just going to be ringing a load of HQ numbers and no one's going to pick up. I might as well use that hour elsewhere to book meetings. So this is why we've created this direct dial cadence where I can literally just go through. And if I'm like, okay, I want to spend an hour calling, I can go through these people and call them because they're probably the most likely to respond because they have direct dials. So are you keeping dials outside of your cadence entirely? And then overlaying a second dial cadence in case someone's callable? So I have it within my cadence step. So I have all my cool dials there. And if they're on the step and they have a cool step and they don't have a dial, I'm just going to press skip step. But I also have this separate one because if I want to do a power hour, I don't want to be going through my cadence and being like, who can I call today? I'd rather just have a list and be like, I'm going to go through these. 
And I'll also star people in sales loft who I like accounts that I really think I can get into. And I'm like, if you answer, I'm going to book you. I star them. So when I do have, maybe I'm 10 days or I have an hour extra or something like that in my day I want, and I want to call, I'm going to look for those star people that I really want to get a hold of. What's funny is a lot of people like they ask us for tips on how do you handle gatekeepers or how do you handle the HQ number or dialing the tree and all that stuff. And this might be like a total hot take. I don't call HQ numbers. The moment I find a gatekeeper, I don't even call the company anymore. Cause do I want to, if I'm calling four or five people at like a large conglomerate, am I literally going to call that same receptionist five times and be like, sorry, like your, your CEO really gave it to me, but can you pass me to this guy to give me another shot here? It just doesn't work for me, but I don't know. Have you had a different experience? I used to call HQ numbers and I'd occasionally get through, but the time I spent waiting on that hold music, that really annoying hold music where they're obviously playing a phone through a, a microphone or something, it just felt like a lot of wasted time for me. So especially with COVID and everything, everyone working remotely, for me, stopping calling HQs, obviously no one's in the office, I get more responses from just direct dials. My pickup rate's quite high as well. I think it's like a solid like 20% at the moment, which is quite high. Charlie, this has been awesome. I, I'm going to have to rethink my approach to taking screenshots for my prospecting emails. I really love that one. But we're running out of time and we got to move to the final question. And the final question is we've talked about all sorts of wonderful things that salespeople, Nick included, can work into their lives. But now we got to talk about a bad habit. And so my question is, what's one bad habit that you see a lot of salespeople exhibiting that you think they need to stop doing because it's hurting them more than it's helping? I think A, talking about yourself talking about your company and what your company do and starting emails or calls about you um, when you need to think of it in that in your buyer's shoes and the second thing is I think a lot of people are too generic I think we need to think of it from our buyer's point of view if you're your buyer and you're getting all of these emails and all of these calls and all of these LinkedIn messages that are all monotonous, the same structure, it's irritating, right? So how can I separate myself from all of this sea of sales reps out there to make an impact and a difference to my buyers, my buyer's life and to get rid of that perception that all salespeople are awful? Um, so I think a big one is putting yourself in their shoes. And if you're sending an email that's templated and you think, mm, I don't know if I would reply to this, don't send it. Personalize it and create an experience for them. This lead is a human. So make that human interaction and it creates the human experience. Beautiful. Charlie, anything you want to plug before we jump off here? If you're looking to increase the amount of meetings you want to book, you want to manage your pipeline better or get better at these two with coaching and training, then let me know. I think Salesloft can help. And the other thing is that I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel soon where I'm going to be sharing some of the structures I use, some of um, the kind of thought process I go through when I'm booking a meeting, when I'm researching and stuff like that. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of actionable things that other SDRs can do to get better at their, at their day-to-day role. So um Follow me on LinkedIn and keep an eye out because I'm going to be launching that soon. Beautiful. Everybody, go follow Charlie on LinkedIn and stick around for a 60-second recap coming up soon. 
Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. And if you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Charlie Johnson include number one, cut out all of the pleasantries and all of the useless fluff in front of your email. That includes just following up, checking in, circling back, all of that nonsense and get right into your research. Number two, start the video on your research. The whiteboard thing, it might be dying out a little bit. You might choose to say like, hey, I was scrolling on your LinkedIn and I saw you have these four job posts and you might highlight that first. Number three, When you're sending an email, get creative with it. If you've found that they have four job postings for sales reps and you're a sales tool, screenshot those four job postings, throw it in the email. And then lastly, number four, when you're picking up the phone, you guys know I love the heard the name tossed around opener. Charlie is also leading with context, leading with the most important piece of research she knows about that prospect and then gets right into it. Alrighty, Nick, how could people help us? Well... If you haven't subscribed to the show, I've been asking for months and months, almost a year at this point. And so I have to assume we might have done something wrong if you haven't subscribed yet. So if you haven't subscribed to the show and you've listened to this deep in the episode, please send me your angriest LinkedIn message about why you have not yet subscribed. Thanks. See you all next week. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. And if you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes.